Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that message today? That we can still go free? Amen. He that the Son has set free, he's free indeed. Amen. God is God. He knows every situation and every heart and every life. He's here to minister to you today and speak to your heart. Reveal himself to you through the word. So let him speak to you. Let him reveal himself to you in a mighty way today. Amen. Let's stand together and let's just go to the Lord in prayer today. And Maybe you've got a need in your heart and life you just would like to be remembered today. Won't you just raise a hand toward God and say, I need you. I need you. I, I want you in my life today. Will you just speak to me? Amen. Lord, you see every heart, every life. You see every person that made a move towards you and lifted a hand towards you and said, Jesus, I need you. Certainly, we're needy people. We can't make it alone without you. We've got to have you. Lord, there are those that are desperate today. And it's more than just a little hand moved toward you. They're really they're really in their heart really moved desperately come by my way I've got a need I've got a situation I, I can't make it alone I must have Jesus I must get to him today things have got to change Lord you know every heart every life you know every situation we are asking father that you would just intervene on the behalf of your children there are those that need healing, Lord. There's those that need deliverance within their soul. Oh, God, there are those that need you to reach out to their loved ones that are lost. But we know that you're still God and you're able, Lord, to reach out and to meet the needs of your children. I pray, Lord, that you'll bring healing, Lord, salvation, deliverance. More, Lord, may in this home, this service today that we witness your presence lord we have sung the songs of zion we have worshiped you and this is so important lord because you told us to come before your presence with singing worship with you in your courts with praise and we have done that lord that you might draw nigh and i pray lord while you're here that you'll just speak to our hearts speak to lives Lord, change us in your presence. Don't let us walk out of here the same. Lord, you know your bride, the people around the world and the struggles they're going through and situations that they're in. Lord, there are those that, oh God, have been incarcerated because of the truth. There are other countries that the word, the message itself has been, has been marked as extremist and they won't let it in. Lord, the Word of God is always extreme. Lord, it is something that will change lives, though, and it'll, it'll make us sons of God. I pray, Lord, that you'll bless your people today. Ever need supply. I, I give this service to you and all that we are now in Jesus' name as we give you praise and thanks because you're God. Amen and amen. God bless you. Good to see each one of you here today. We just welcome you in the name of the Lord. We're, um, 
We're just glad to see those of you that have come. Amen, Brother Johnny, Sister Doretha, God bless you. See you here, the Green family here, the Morris family here from Indiana, God bless you. And then uh, back here, the Dunn family and different ones, whoever you are, amen, all the home folks, well, we're just glad to be here. Amen. Amen. Good to be in the presence of the Lord and believe in the Lord will speak to us today and minister to us through his word. Amen. The uh, president the other day declared that churches were essential. Well, we already knew that. So he just told us what we knew. Amen. But um, we know God is essential. He's the one that's essential. And we need him in our lives today. May he just speak to us. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. We're going to read this today. I read it last Sunday as we preached on the name of Jesus, the authority of the name of Jesus. I hope that you, if you wasn't here, you was able to at least um, uh, be able to enter in with us. But now we're going to look at the scripture again in a little slightly different direction today. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, which was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. May God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. We just want to enter in with all of our hearts and give us a little bit of time this morning as we look into the Word and we share that which is um, real to our hearts and what means so much to us and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and reveal it to you in a a real and living way. I just uh, wanted to make a mention um, as I was mentioning in my prayer about those that are incarcerated for this gospel There in China, there's been several believers and believing pastors that have been arrested for sharing the King James Version Bible that has been translated into Chinese. And uh, they um, judge that to be extremist and anti-government, so they um, uh, put them into prison for uh, for that reason, for sharing the Bible, the Word of God. Also, um... You know, that, that work was done, of course, you know, by the believers up in, um, up in Canada 
Brother Biscal and the saints there that supported that work, and many, many others that supported that work to get the King James Version Bible into their language. And uh, so it's been a real blessing, but at the same time, it's not without a sacrifice. Then also we've had, um, you know, just uh, recently, well, it was about three years ago, maybe four, that um, a very large shipment was sent in from, um, from Jeffersonville to, to Russia, containing a lot of the tablets that they, that they have, and it was um, investigated. It was a very unwise thing to do in a communist country like that, but they just, you know, just decided to be really bold and do it, and so they did it, and, and uh, they confiscated the whole um, shipment, and then they began to look in it, and, and um, the, the, it went to court because it was... Um, a uh, prosecutor had uh, determined that it was extremist literature, and uh, so they um, they they took and um, tried to ban it, and and, and uh, the court rejected it. So the prosecutor went ahead and and um, put it into an, uh, a higher court, and so um, uh, now now that court has judged it as extremism, and so therefore the church age book and. Many, many other of the sermons of Brother Branham's are not going to be allowed to be in the nation of Russia. And you can imagine what this does to many of the believers there. As, um, they, they, um, as, as this has been, uh, you know, has, has been determined extremist uh, material. So anyway, if you will, be in prayer for the believers there as they appeal that and uh, try to go to a higher court and get that throat out again. We know God can do that. Amen. But we also know that, you know, we, we're living in a time where the word of God is not wanted and is not welcome. Amen. And truth is being refused. And so, um, you know, so as we, we look at it, um, you know, that today we just want to value what we have and appreciate what God has given us and the opportunities that we have to worship God as we see to fit to worship the Lord. And I'll tell you what, I believe it is extreme. The message is, it's so extreme, it changes lives. It makes real good citizens out of people. It takes those that were thieves and, and um, those that had um, you know, evil in their lives and it changes them and transforms them into sons and daughters of God. So that is pretty extreme, amen. But I'll tell you, we want, it, we want it to do the same for our lives, amen. The message, of course, that we know and we have received, it does not, it does not make uh, evil people out of us. It makes some of the most wonderful people in the whole wide world, and the devil hates it, amen. But um, we love it, and we thank God for the truth that has liberated us, amen, and made us into sons and daughters of God. Now, this morning, I'm going to be speaking to you on let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So, as we, as we look at it today, I, I want to just speak just for a moment of a certain direction that Paul was using here as he was talking of Jesus humbling himself to the Father's will, and we should also. And he said that let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That's verse 3 
but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. So, you know, there is, um, there is certainly a truth to this, that when we become a Christian, it brings a certain humility about us, where that we can esteem others better than ourselves. I think that's a whole lot of problem with um, a lot of marriages and so on like that, is that many times this is not put into practice the way it should be, that we esteem one another they, they are made better than ourselves. The Bible said that a man should love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And that, um, so that, that the same thing, that eternal life is giving, giving our living for others. And um, the same thing, that the, the giving on the, the wife's part to, of submission and um, working together in harmony with each other. And so it should not let anything be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. But then Paul points out that Christ, though he thought it was not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, but was made in the fashion of man. And while a man, he humbled himself to obedience even to the death on the cross. So I want you to know that, again, this is very extreme. He humbled himself to obedience even to death on the cross. So he would humble himself as a man to obedience, to God, to his word. Let the word have such preeminence. So he was, he was such one that when he, when he came yesterday, we find, you know, 2,000 years ago, we find he did not even have a place to lay his head. And the birds, he said, of the air, they have a nest, and the foxes have got dens. But he said, I don't have a place to lay my head. When he came to the world, he would borrow a womb to be born in, and they had no cradle to, to lay him in. So they put him in a box of straw. And when he died, they nailed him to a Roman tree unto, under capital punishment. He had but one robe, and, and it had been made for him, woven throughout without a seam. And, and he had to borrow then a grave to be buried in. So, you know, none of us are that bad off. Jesus, the almighty God, would humble himself and become a man. I want to just point this out again. He would humble himself to the Father's will. And as a man, he continued to humble himself to the word of God and to the Father's will. He came to show what God was. Anything that's high and haughty isn't God. Amen. God is low and humble, and that's what made him God, something that comes down low, not them that goes high and exalts himself. It's always Satan that is exalting himself. You know, God doesn't dwell in hierarchies and, and things. He dwells in humility. And, and um, you humble yourself and you'll be exalted. You exalt yourself and you will be humbled. And God knows how to do that. So you have to remember, you humble yourself before God. And don't try to think your own thoughts, but to think his thoughts. 
So we are to, are to have the mind of Christ. Now that's what we're speaking about on this morning is let this mind, the mind of Christ be in you and, and humble ourselves to the will of God. And it's amazing to think that we as humans, now listen closely as we kind of change this now, the direction I want to take this today, because it's amazing to think that we as humans have exalted our own thoughts and our own minds so far above God and his word until we actually have to humble ourselves down from our high and lofty thinking to accept the higher thoughts of God. Are you with me now? Amen. So this is, this is what we do as humans. We, as human beings, we, we, we think ourselves as so great. And our thinking and our, is so great. And, and our science, our education, our knowledge, and the supreme um, knowledge that we have and control over the universe and control over the elements until we think of ourselves and our thoughts are so great until we actually have to humble ourselves down in order to receive the higher things of God. Now, remember, Satan has never been higher than God, but in his own heart, he says, I will exalt myself above the sons of God. And and sin, of course, is exalting your own thoughts above the word of God. Remember, that's where the first sin would begin in heaven, where that, where that Satan would exalt his own thoughts and his own will over the word of God. Can you imagine that? Trying to place himself in a position higher than God. He said, I want to be like God. I want, I want to be worshiped. I want to be, I, I, I want to exalt myself over his sons. I want a position that is not mine. And, and I'm going to exalt myself over God and over his word. And then, of course, this is what he did when he comes down to the earth um, and, and um, walks upon the earth. We find then he, he gets them and, and exalts the serpent, takes the serpent right next to man and puts in him a desire to exalt himself Uh, You know, make himself equal or make himself higher than man himself. And so he would then take and, and he would begin with Eve with a reasoning. And this reasoning would be to exalt her thinking, her reasoning over God's word. Are you with me? So instead of humbling down to the word, exalt over the word. Now, look with me in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. This is a wonderful scripture, isn't it? Amen. Amen. While he can be found, call upon him. While he's near, this is a time to move. A service like this today, this is a time to move toward God. Amen. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Notice this. The unrighteous has to forsake his thoughts. 
and let him return unto the Lord. He will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God says these very things. He says, my thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. No matter how high now that we're thinking our thoughts are, amen, to so high till we have to humble down to get the higher thoughts. Amen. Amen. Because Satan exalts it and we have to humble back down to come back down in order to receive what is actually higher. You've got to humble down to accept God's word and what he says and his promise. Amen. You've got to forfeit your own thoughts, your own thinking, your own reasoning. What science says or what doctors say or what the, whatever the situation your reasoning is saying, it all has got to be taken and humbled down and accept a higher thought. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 tells us where a believer's position is. He says, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Because nobody can tell God what to do. But then he says, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, this is what a real believer is. He has the same mind that Christ had. He thinks like Jesus thinks. And because he thinks like Jesus thinks, he, he behaves like Jesus behaves. All right, now, so if we have the mind of Christ, then we have the same attitude toward the word that Christ did. Amen. Whatever the word says, we're going to take it. Amen. If the word said by his stripes we're healed, we're going to believe we're healed. If he says that we can be saved, we're going to believe we're saved. Amen. Whatever his word said, we're going to accept that over what our thinking is, what modern theology is, what the society around us says is the high exalted thinking of the day. We're going to take God's word because God's word is higher than any other word. But you're going to have to humble down in order to see it in his right place. Because as long as you're up here exalting your own thinking over the word of God, you're in the place that Satan is. This is satanic thinking. And in order to come down to God's thinking, you've got to come down and humble down and realize it's higher than what you're reasoning, what you're thinking, and your attitude's going to have to come the same as Jesus' attitude. I have come to do the Father's will. I am not here to do mine own will. And you realize that you have a will, and that will has got to be surrendered to his will. All right? So now, if we have the mind of Christ, then we have the same attitude toward the word as he did. Whatever he says, whatever the word says, takes preeminence over what I, what I think. 
or what's, what anybody else says, what society around me says. What, what the world is saying is cool, and what the world is saying is, is, is what we're supposed to be like, we humble down and we say, God's word is true, Amen. right? Amen. So turn with me to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8, and I always just want to look at some of the things of the scripture as we go along because I want to establish that uh, the believer has the mind of Christ. Amen. Now, Colossians 3 and 8, but now put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth, amen, all the cussing, vulgar words, all the other things, put out, amen, malice, uh, you know, um, that's ill will, wrath, anger, get it all out, lie not to one another, Seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds. That belongs to your first nature. Amen. That belongs to your past. That's not who you are. Here's who you are. And we have put on the new man. Which is renewed. Now watch. Renewed in knowledge. After the image of him that created him. So now you've got. You've got a new man, and he's got a renewed knowledge. A new knowledge. It's above the knowledge of man. It's the knowledge of God. And we are, we are renewed in the knowledge of, after the image of him that created him. Now, so you put on the new man. Amen. You must be born again. That's how you put on the new man. There's only one way. The old man's got to die. It's thinking has to die. It's reasoning has to die. What do you think is right and wrong? Come on. Has to die. Because, because with the world, they got a whole different sort of a value system than what the Bible does. The Word of God does. You know, you, you say, well, it, it doesn't matter how I dress. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter about my makeup. It doesn't matter about my, my, uh, my high heels. It doesn't matter about what I do. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. You are only going by what the society around you says that's okay. But now we have got a different knowledge. And that knowledge is a higher knowledge than what you can get at Notre Dame or what you can get at Yale or what you can get in the finest schools or the colleges of the world. You have received a higher knowledge than all the degrees that you can paste everywhere. And you can put it on and say, I've been to school and I've got my diplomas and I've got my PhD and I've got my doctors. I've got all of this. This knowledge is higher than doctors, PhDs. Amen. Anything that man's got, this is a higher knowledge. But you see, to be a Christian, you've got to admit that that knowledge of God is a greater knowledge than your own knowledge. Now, this is a danger. This is the danger of, of going to school and college and whatever is because, you know, it puts a self-importance into man that he knows so much 
that he can't receive anything of the word of God because they got a higher knowledge. Amen? Now, but it's not a higher knowledge. It's a lower knowledge. Much lower. As high as the heavens is from the earth. Now, so the approach to the birth, you have to go to a process just like anything that lives. Anything that lives again has to got to die first. You cannot keep your same spirit. You cannot keep your same habits. You cannot keep your same thoughts. You've got to die. You've got to die like Jesus died. Amen. You've got to die on your, on, on your altar like Abel did with his lamb. You've got to die with your lamb, Christ. This is where we miss it on the new birth. Because many of them are trying to get born again and the old man isn't dead yet. But in order to be born again, the old man's got to die first. Because it cannot coexist. You cannot serve God and mammon. So you see, you've got to die with your lamb. You've got to die to your own thinking to be born to his thinking. Amen. You let the mind that was in Christ be in you. So when you were born, you were born with a mind of a human that could be developed by knowledge. When you're born again, you are born a son or daughter of God. You are born with the mind of Christ when you're born again. That is to be developed. Amen. By receiving the knowledge of God by his word. You begin to learn who God is. What he can do. What his power is. You learn that his knowledge is higher than any other knowledge. Are you with me? Amen. Now, so he he says, you cannot think his thoughts and deny his word. You see, the Bible said he cannot deny himself. So there is none of this word that he can deny. Amen. 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 He must must accept every word of this to be the truth. So if Christ comes into you, are you with me? If Jesus comes into your life, the Jesus in you must acknowledge every bit of this word to be true, whether you understand it or not, whether you can reason it out or not. Amen. You take what God said and it goes over your own thinking your own reasoning, your own beliefs. Because let me just tell you, your whole set of belief systems came with your first birth. And you're going to have to die to that. What you think is right and wrong comes with your first birth. What you think is okay and not okay comes with your first birth. Now, so you cannot, you cannot have the mind of Christ in you, which is the Holy Ghost, and deny any of the word. You're going to have to believe it and esteem it over your own thinking. Amen. Now, this is, this is the, the evidence that the old man and his thinking is dead. 
Amen. That he no longer, no longer exists anymore. You pay him no more mind. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. If you will, look here with me. Now, I'm just going to establish some things, and then we'll get into what I want to preach about this morning. But we're laying this foundation real quickly. Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So we can see here what he said. We are buried with him. We die with him. So therefore we are buried with him. Of course, the problem comes is that we're burying too many people that are alive. Amen. They just scratch themselves out of the grave, uh, the watery grave, and get up, you know, go down a dry center, come up a wet one. That's all the change there is. But you see, what it requires is a death to your old man, a complete dying out. Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So our new life walks in the power of the resurrection. Verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So if we've truly been planted, amen, in the likeness of his death, we'll raise up to live a new life, a different life. Amen. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we should, henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now here's the thing, the Bible's clear, sin will no longer have dominion over you. Sin is unbelief, so unbelief will no longer have power over you. Amen. Doubt. Come on. Unbelief. All the things that goes with it, it no longer has power over you. So you have the power then to walk in faith. Amen. You have the power then to walk in truth with the newness of life, with a new mind, with a new thinking, renewed after the knowledge of him. Amen. Now, that's why we're baptized into his name, that we might come forth in his name, in his death, in his resurrection, that we rise again, and we're testifying that we have a new life, that the old man is dead, and we buried that first nature. Amen. That first nature is gone, and now we have the nature of him. Now, remember, the reason why we got that old nature, that old sin nature, is because that's what Adam... Um, accepted at the beginning. When he turned down eternal life, he accepted sin nature into his life. And every one of us are born with the need to be born again. We were born wrong, so we have to have a right birth. So he wants to cancel out the old birth so that you can have a new birth. Because the only way you can go to heaven is to be born again. So you cannot, with the first birth, go to heaven. Now that's the problem. People are trying to get to heaven today and they ain't never been born again. 
They're just thinking God's going to accept them the way they are. And God ain't going to accept you the way you are. You must die out to sin. So therefore, the first nature that you were born with has to be gone. It has to be dead, crucified with him. And then he lives in us, and we don't do our own will anymore. We don't we do his will. We don't think our own thoughts. The mind, the mind is what thinks. The mind that was in Christ Jesus is in every believer. Amen. Now, listen, I mean, I'm quoting you this to you from Souls in Prison right now, where he says the mind, the mind that was in, uh, that was in Christ Jesus is in every believer. This is where Paul said, we have the mind of Christ. So I want you to get it. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God in you is the mind of Christ. Amen. Now, he said, so there's the soul. That's what we're speaking of. That's the part I'm thinking of now. That's within us, the soul. The mind that is in Christ Jesus is now in your soul, resident there. Where once resided sin nature. But now resides in there the mind of Christ. Before it was the mind of Satan. And his works and his deeds you did. But now you are a new creation. Amen. Old things are passed away. And now you're a son or a daughter of God. And as a son or daughter of God, you can live and walk in the newness of life. Now, we have to live our, our life that we live here. It must be more than just for mortal existence in this life. And because this is where he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. What's this now? Let me, let, him, let me just kind of shorten it for you. Man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So therefore, if, we're, if we are not living by every word, then what is it? We're walking in death. Amen. This is real important that the word must have preeminence. Because this is what Brother Branham would preach about in Christ the Mystery. Once that he could get preeminence in a people, he was going to take them back to Eden. And so it's very important that you give the Word of God preeminence in your life. Amen. Now, a man's physical being, we wanted to try to take care of it. That's why he said man shall not live by just bread alone, just by physical existence and taking care of of our human body and, and what our needs are. But that's not the only reason God put you here on the earth. There, you, know, you, you know, some of you are going to school, but I want you to understand whatever you're going for, that's not the reason you're here. The reason you are here is that you might live by every word. That you might live a life in this Satan's Eden, an overcoming, uh, a dominating life that dominates sin and dominates unbelief, that lives a Christian life. That's why you're here. These other things are fleeting. They, They will pass away. 
But there's one thing that's eternal, and that's God and his life. Amen. Sometimes we're, we're putting our emphasis on the bread alone. When our emphasis has got to be on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, because, you see, um, that counts for very little what we are doing with our natural life. But it's our soul that counts. It's our inward man that did not come from the earth. It came from heaven. And that's the eternal part of the human being. We have been born from above. We have been born of a higher knowledge. Any born again believer, I don't care if they hadn't got but a third grade education. You are, have got a higher knowledge and a higher thinking than the great doctors and professors that are in the land today. You have got a higher knowledge, a higher understanding, a higher, a higher thing than all that they have. They are way down beneath you. Amen. I, I know they want to look down their nose. You don't have the, the diplomas I got. You don't have the education I got. You don't have the knowledge I got. We got a higher knowledge. The knowledge we have received is a higher knowledge than what the world has to offer. It is so high. It is as high as the heavens are from the earth. It is a higher knowledge than anything man can come up. You can look at the greatest scientist in the world and maybe he understands space and he understands rockets and he understands energy and he understands gravity and he understands and he's a mathematic and he can come up with all these equations and you say he is a very, very smart, intelligent man but you have received a higher intelligence. Hallelujah, you have received a higher knowledge. You've got a greater mind by being born again than what you could ever get at college. Amen. You may be looking and they may say, but I aced all the tests and I've got the 4.0 plus and I've got everything. And I, I, I'm in the, what they call it, call all the great, the great societies that they belong to and their honor society. But I want you to know you belong to a greater honor society than what the world could ever offer. You may not be able to read or you may not be able to write. But I tell you, you, if you receive the Holy Ghost, you've got a higher knowledge than all that the world has to offer. Now, I know, man, because it's science, it's education, and it's an exalted knowledge. But in order to receive God, because they exalt it to where there is no God. They exalt it to where it just all evolved out of nothing. That's stupid. That's stupidity. Amen. If you operated on that man, you wouldn't find a brain in him. Come on. Amen. Because why? He, he is, he, he, again, he is showing how senseless and how stupid and how naive, how dumb. I don't know. I'm running out of adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You know, because of his exalted knowledge. But all he is compared to God is he's not even a canary brain. And I want you to know all your human knowledge is that way. That's why we have to exalt the word to a place that it supersedes everything that we ever learned or everything we ever received, every idea we ever had, every thing of man. And we put the word in a place of dominion and that it's higher than every other word that there is. God's word is higher. Heavens and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle of this will. Is that right? You tell me any science that can say that. Amen. Why, my, with the COVID-19, we have had, boy, you don't know what to believe. They've changed their minds so many ways. The most scientists, the greatest, the, the ones there at the head. Uh, you know, they've had all kinds of ideas and, and had to make corrections here and there and there. God never has to make corrections. He never has to take a word back. He doesn't ever change his mind. Whatever he said in the beginning is still true today. Amen. That's why if he ever healed, he's still a healer. If he ever saved, he's still a savior. Amen. If he ever delivered, he's still a deliverer. You can count on this God because he's got a knowledge that is superior to any man's knowledge. Now, this is what we don't like to hear, but man must not think for himself. Now, that's what you're being told. You've got to think for yourself. But man must not think for himself. He must let the mind that was in Christ be in him. We're not to think for ourselves. We're to, we're to call everything contrary to what he says as though it's not. Amen. No matter what our eyes are claiming, what our senses are saying, what our feelings feel like, what we heard from the highest knowledge, what we are seeing in our symptoms, we have to declare God's word over everything we see, taste, smell, feel, or hear. Because faith says he's healed us. Faith says he's delivered us. Faith says it was done at Calvary. Faith says he paid for by his stripes. I am healed. And faith is a greater sense than these measly little silly five senses that can't see any further than the end of our nose. So like a seed, we have to rot away the old man. If the grain of corn is never planted and go through a change, where it changes forms, it'll always just be a nice polished seed. It'll never bring forth life. Some people just want to belong to church, but they never change. I'm going to tell you, some of you are still the pretty little grain of corn that showed up at church and sat on the pew 15, 20 years ago. Amen. You know, they, they, you belong to church, but you never change. It's just, church is just a place to socialize. 
It's a place ah, to show up new clothes. And it's not really essential. You know, you can show up late and take in as much of it as you want. Hello. Amen. You can drag in 30 minutes late and, you know, because it doesn't really matter. It's not that essential. It's not that important. We can take in what service we want to and, and, and put our jobs and our, 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 our livelihoods over the word of God. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Because why? We're just still a pretty little polished grain. And listen, listen, they found, they found in the tombs of, of Egypt, they found some grains of wheat that had been laying there for over thousands of years. They, they figured four or five, six thousand years that they found them. And they never had any manifestation of any life in them until they were planted. But when they were planted and the old seed rotted away, that 6,000-year-old wheat blossomed and bloomed. And I'm telling you, unless that you immerse yourself in Christ, unless you are buried in Christ, unless the old man rots away, you're just going to be a pretty little seed that never has any life. Only fit for the rats to eat. Okay. Let me tell you. Our presidents declared that churches are essential, but too long Christians have treated it as non-essential. They skip services, they pick and choose which ones they want to attend. They treat worship services as though it's just entertainment. It ain't entertainment. Amen. It's not about making you feel good. It's about welcoming his presence. It's about entering to his courts with praise so he can dwell in the praises of his people. It's about moving in the spirit and getting the mind of Christ about it. Where it produces a worship that draws God near. Amen. Sermons are not to be treated as some self-help psychology. No, sir. You know, church has got to mean more to you than that. You know, people want to come to the altar and and, you know, get up and say, well, you know, kneel there just a minute or two and say, well, I've got the new birth. Get some preacher to pray for you. Well, I, I'm born again. You've got to stay until all your thoughts of your own self and your worldly things are rotted away from you and you're dead and you're rotten and, and it's all gone from you and the new birth takes place. Amen. You, oh my, you might slobber and jabber and you might, uh, you, but I'll tell you, you'll come up lately with a new condition, with a new heart and a new birth. Something in you that's alive. Amen. That makes you different from what you was. And, and you see, your new birth can't come in until there's a death to the old man. And people don't want to die. They want to take their own thinking. Hey, hear the prophet of God preach about makeup. Well, I don't think he knew what he was talking about. You know why? 
Because you're exalting your own mind. And your mind probably came from the opinions of the world. And not from Bible. Well, it really doesn't matter. This hair business don't matter. I can cut my hair if I I want to. Sure you can. You're a sinner. And sinners do whatever they want to do. But those who have the mind of Christ think about it like Christ thinks about it. Like the Bible thinks about it. And so you see, it's this very evidence you ain't born again. That you still got the old mind. Now, so let the mind that was in Christ be in you where you think God's thoughts and when you think God's thoughts, that brings God's blessings and God's power to you. And it'll make a mess out of you. Amen. It'll change your life and make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. You won't be the same anymore. You, you'll be made together, all together new. You'll look at things different. It'll take that old dominating female spirit out of a woman that's a modern feminist there and it'll make her into a daughter of God and she'll humble herself down to the word of God. Amen. It'll make a man that's macho and a great big old guy, you know, that's burly and mean and, you know, angry and rules as brute strength. And it'll make him worth it. He's sweet and he's mellow. And he leads his, 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 his wife with, with a sweet spirit and leads his family and, and points them to Christ and they can see Jesus in them. There's a lot of kids don't want to be a Christian because they don't want to be what they see at home. Hello. I hope you're still here. Some of you hung up. Let's reconnect you. You see, you stay there until all your pride is gone. Until it takes from you the desire of sin, the world, it washes all the fake off of you. All the makeup, your fake look, till you have a holy look. Amen. Till the mark you want is not a new tattoo, but the mark you want. Is, a, is a, the mark of Christ upon your life where everybody can see that. Come on. Everybody passing by can see you have been marked and you are different. You're not the same old person. Come on. Amen. It don't make you Christ. It makes you a son or daughter of God. That's what it does to your life. Amen. You come up a different person. Man, it'll take that cigar, those cigarettes, or that bottle, it'll clean you up. So, well, there's no harm in that. Well, I'll tell you what, you ever get born again, you'll think different about it. Amen. 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 You stay long enough and find out that, you know, if there is any harm, when a new life takes hold, you'll, you'll look at that whole thing differently. Amen. Let the new life take hold. You'll rock to those things, the cigarettes, the booze, the tobacco, and the whiskey, and all the things of the world. But you see, people don't stay long enough. They, you know, you got to stay there till you're thoroughly dead. You know, 
you, you go in the homes and you see they got a television. They're watching all kinds of movies. They're feeding on everything in the world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You get the new birth, it'll change your attitude toward it. You won't want to be feeding on everything. There'll be a hunger in you for the word of God. Amen. There'll be a listening to the messages of the hour and a change of your life, a reading of your Bible. That'll become sweeter to you than any other thing. You say, well, that will relax me. When you get born again, that'll make you nervous. Hello? Amen. It'll make you nervous watching people murdered and killed and raped and, and all the bad things that are going on in the movies and things. It'll, make, it'll upset you. It won't, it won't make you relax. It'll tear you up. Amen. But you don't stay long enough. You've got to stay there till you're thoroughly dead. And then after you're dead, you stay there until you're rot. Till there's no chance of rejuvenation again. No chance that that, that that old man will ever raise up again. And no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the trials of life, he's dead and he'll never rise again. You stay there until God's word means more to you to your own thoughts. Until you get a hold of God and say, I believe it. And then there'll be something that'll happen in your life. A change will come upon you. And you, your children will see it in you. Your boss will see it in you. Everybody will see it in you because you're sealed, you're marked. You don't live in the, in the old lust anymore. You're dead, you're buried, you're a new creation in Christ. You have a thinking man's filter and it gives you a holy man's taste. Filters out the world. You can't, it won't come through God's word of his filter. Amen. You don't, you don't look at what you see with your eyes. Amen. The true men of God look through the eyes of faith and it'll make you see things different. Are you with me? Amen. Faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. Amen. For although he was raised up as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to, that to be his identity. And although we're raised up in Satan's Eden, come on, although that you have been the product of this society, amen, there's something about a real believer. He doesn't want that to be his identity. I don't want to be like them. I don't want them to see me like them. Come on. I remember when I was a little boy, you know, a young man. Well, Zane, you was there. We were in high school together. And, and he was a grade or two older than me, so we didn't really you know, see my, each other much. But anyway, when I was in school, you know, I, the Beatles were real popular in that time. And, you know, all the boys wear the hair with the bangs, you know, down. I saw another young Christian, I was just a young preacher boy myself, but I saw this young Christian boy, you know, seemed like, um, well, he, you know, he was more of the modern kind, and he took and he pulled his hair just down just so much. You know, not, not quite all the way, but enough to identify. And, and I looked at that and I said, 
Hmm, I think I'll try that. So I pulled mine. <laughs> Just enough to identify. Boys that couldn't stand me in school come up and clap me on the back. Oh, Tim, that looks really good. Man, you're really fitting in. You know, and just pull it down just a little more and you got it. And I went to the bathroom right then and I combed my hair. Because I said, I don't want that identity. I don't want anything that would make me accepted by the world. I knew their kind of lives and I knew that was not what I wanted to be. Now, so you see, he refused to make that his identity, choosing rather instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God. Amen. Moses preferred faith certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasure. And let me tell you, faith has a certainty, and sin has a pleasure, but it only lasts for a season. You ever see the Marlboro man? Well, they changed him out four or five times because he got cancer in his lungs. And the last one, you know, was, was suing the Marlboro Company because he had cancer and he had, here he had promoted, you know, tough cowboy look, you know, and smoking a Marlboro and all of that. And this was a man. But, you know, Satan will show you the glamour. Whoa, this tough cowboy and riding horses. and Oh, man, this is the tough guy. If you want to be tough, you do this. But I want to tell you, that's not a real man. A real man loves Jesus. A real man knows how to pray. A real man's got bags in his trousers where he kneels down and calls on his maker. A real man is a son of God. That's a real man. But we want to identify with what is cool and chick and, you know, what is tough and what is popular and what the world is like. And our real identity is to be God. That's why we're here. We are to be those kind of people. When they see you, they say, I know that boy, that girl, they have been with Jesus. Amen. Are you with me? Yes, Amen. And you'd rather, you would rather choose the, 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 and suffer mistreatment with the people of God than, than, and, and prefers faith certainty over the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasure. Because it, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. You know, they, they, tell, they tell me, I never smoke, but, you know, they, they tell me, oh, you know, right after you take a meal, oh, you got to have a cigarette to finish it. Oh, and it feels so good. But when you're gasping for breath, and you got it in a hole in your throat, you see, the devil don't show you that part. He shows you the glamour of it. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Amen. Amen. So you see, Moses found true wealth in suffered abuse for being anointed. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. 
man. He, he, that was his real wealth. He wasn't looking at his own riches and what he, what he could g- g- gain as being the king's son, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He looked at the riches that he would receive as for being anointed. I wonder, you know, I wonder today if all the pharaohs of the world, you know what they would do? They would love to trade places with Moses today. Amen. Come on. Amen. You know, there's not a Christian in this building that's a a Christian. Whether you may be a small Christian or a newborn Christian, doesn't really matter. There ain't a one of you that Elvis wouldn't trade places with today. Are you with me? Amen. He would forfeit his Cadillacs, his women, his fame, his songs, and all the other moves that he made and and everything else. He would forfeit all of that to sit in your place, to be in this building, to be able to hear this sermon, to be in the presence of God, to be able to experience God in his life. Moses' eyes, he would rather, he, he looked, he would look at with wonder, not on the immediate, what's present tense, but on the ultimate, what faith's great reward was. Holding faith, promised Moses abandoned Egypt. He had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith because he's seen God who is unseen. So, so again, you know, there, there again, this is Moses. He looked to the unseen. He saw with the mind of Christ. He saw what would come to Pharaoh and to his armies and, and they are no more, but Moses is still alive. He was seen on Mount Transfiguration with Jesus Christ. Amen. I tell you, I know he was glad on that day to say, I took the mind of Christ rather than taking the mind of the world. Now, God is infinite. When God speaks, it has to be perfect. God cannot change. We cannot alter God's word. We have to alter our thinking. To his thinking, let the mind that was in Christ be in you. Then you think like he thinks. And this is what happened with Moses. He took the mind of Christ. He looked at what is temporary, realized it would pass away. But he could see that what had eternal value. You see, again, faith stirred Moses to perform the rite of Passover and sprinkle the lamb's blood. To prevent the destroyer from harming their firstborn. You know, it, I want you to get this. It, it seems senseless. Yes, that's right. yeah. It didn't make any reason. Right. It sure wasn't medicinal. Right. You know, it, you know the, the, the Egyptians had their, had their, maybe their antibiotics and they had their, their things to treat plagues and they had their medicines and well, you do this and you do that. And, and they were, they had great, maybe you had great knowledge. Because they did. They had great knowledge for that time. But Moses had a greater knowledge. He could see that a lamb 
his place and die in his place. And his blood would be put over the doorposts of the, of the homes and they would be safe under the blood. And I'm telling you today, maybe it doesn't make sense what we got. Maybe to the world it doesn't look like anything, but I want you to know the blood of Christ. Hallelujah is greater than all the medicinal things of the world. The, the blood of Christ is greater than the science and the knowledge. The blood of Jesus Christ atones for our sin and our sickness. And the Bible is to be our ultimate. What is an ultimate? It's the last word. It's the amen. It's the end of strife. It's your ultimate. You may have an idea about certain things or maybe about holiness. You got certain ideas. But for you, you leave those ideas because the word is the ultimate. Amen. You, you, you know, again, you know, today, you can't tell her now. You can't tell her that trimming her hair was wrong. Well, what's hair got to do with it? Well, it did the Samson. Made a lot of difference. And, and, and whosoever shall add one word or take one word from you, you've got to have an ultimate somewhere. You say, well, God won't send me to hell for cutting my hair, Brother Jim. No, he won't because he don't send people to hell. Go ahead. Help me preach now. He's not going to send you to hell for cutting your hair because he don't send people to hell. Amen. Their own unbelief and exalting their own thoughts above God's word shows that they refuse to give up their own thoughts to be born again. And heaven is only for the born again. Hallelujah. Everybody's going to heaven. No, only those that are born again are going to heaven. The rest aren't going. Heaven is only for the born again. We want to make everybody. You, in order to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Jesus' words. Somebody with me? Amen. Amen. So again, Jesus won't send a man for hell for long hair. Right? He won't send a woman to hell for cutting her hair. Or for wearing makeup. Or for wearing shorts. Or for cross-dressing. For women wearing men's apparel or men wearing women's apparel. He won't send them to hell for that. You choose hell over heaven because you reject the plan of God for a new birth. A new birth that would change your attitude toward God's word. Amen. And would give the word preeminence over your own thinking that you have exalted above God's word. You see, it's more important what the people at work think about you or at school thinks about you or society thinks about you than what God thinks about you. Oh, yeah, well, I know the opinions of the church world and the theologians toward holiness and even about water baptism or receiving the Holy Ghost. It don't matter. God don't care. Just as long as you say you love Jesus 
And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Your love is shown back to God by keeping his word. Well, I don't understand it. Doesn't matter whether you understand it or not. What did he say? What did the word say? Well, theologians said this, and, and they don't think that. Yeah, you can go with the 47,000 thousand of them. But it doesn't supersede God's word. And you can show people what's on the line, and they just go right on, you know, because they're not going to accept God's word because they accept their own thinking over God's word. Now, but if the life of Christ lives in a person, they become identified with him. It's Christ in you. You're not just a church member. You don't just belong to a system. You don't belong to just a society of a church. But, but it's a resurrection power. It's the Holy Ghost. It's a token upon you. Amen. That just as Moses would, would say, um, you know, you must be under the blood of the Lamb. As we, as we read there just a moment ago, uh, about faith stirred him to perform the rite of Passover and the sprinkling of the Lamb's blood to prevent the, the destroyer from, from bringing death to that home. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. The same thing today we, we say, but you must be under the token. Oh, that little bit of fanaticism where, you know, you get down and you cry and, and you repent and you get baptized in his name and, and you come up and maybe you speak in another tongue or maybe you shout or you dance or maybe something happens, but whatever, you're changed. Right. And I'm going to tell you, it's the only thing that will help you to escape the death that is coming upon the world. It's the only thing that'll make a reality of God in your life and can make a real true Christian out of you. Whether you have the peace that surpasses all understanding. But you see, again, you're not yourself anymore. You're Christ. You don't think your own thoughts. You, 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 you don't think your thoughts. You say, well, I, I think. I think. I, I really don't think. You don't have any thought coming. Now, I know the modern world don't like to hear that. Because we're told we've got to think for ourselves. And you can if you get the mind of Christ. You will think for yourself. You will think just like Jesus thinks. And Jesus would exalt the word over his thinking even to the death of the cross. Now, the life that was in Christ then is in you. The mind that was in Christ is in you. The works that was in Christ is in you, and Christ himself is in you. And you're dead, and your life is hid in God through Christ, and you're sealed there by the Holy Ghost, and you're not your own. Well, I want to be my own person. Well, you're not. I said, you're not. Well, I am my own person. No, you're not. You either belong to God or Satan. Amen. And every child, well, you, I don't care if you was born into a message family, you were born with sin, nature, having rule over your life. And you were not your own. 
Therefore, you went against everything your mom and your daddy, the, the pastor, the preaching, all everything that, were, that you were taught, you went against it. Come on. Amen. Why? Because you're not your own. Satan owns you from the start. And the only way that you'll ever be different is that sin nature die. And when it dies, then you must have received the nature of Christ into you. And when you have his nature into you, you're still not your own. You're his. But I tell you, if I know to belong to somebody, I'd rather belong to him than to belong to sin. Satan is a cruel master. You say, well, I, I think. Again, you don't have any think coming. No, we don't want that to hear that. I, I tell you, we're free thinkers. You're not a free thinker. Amen. Amen. You know, again, and a Christian, he has given up his thinking to accept the mind of Christ. He, and he purposed to do the will of God. If I don't do the works of God, then don't believe me. You see, you see, it must be him that is doing the thinking. You let the mind be in you just the same. And that's his words. So how are you going to think different? He's done express his thoughts to us. But we want to do our own thinking. I, I think we ought to do this. I think this is okay. I think it's all right. Well, then, but what did the word say? You see, the Holy Ghost will always agree that the word is right. It will never disagree with the word. And to do that, you've got to take the entire gospel. Amen. We must. We, and we must be identified as full gospel people. That's a problem in the message today. We don't want to be full gospel. We'll take a part of the word, but we don't want this part. We'll take, you know, the mystery parts and understanding great mystery because it exalts people's knowledge. It puffs them up to where that they become arrogant people. But when you're born again, amen, knowledge has its right place and it's all the word. Man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So now we are invited to be molded into his image that we might reflect his presence. I'm going to share with you a quote here from identification. And the works that I do shall you do also. The life that I live so you, so shall you. We're invited by God to take him as an example and let our character be molded like his. What a thing, did we? When we let his character be in us, then we have become sons. By having the mind of Christ, mind, which is his character. So if you have the mind of Christ, you have the character of Christ. And the character of Christ always wants to do the Father's word. Amen. 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 Then we, we let his character be in us. Then we become sons by having the mind of Christ, which is his character. Your mind makes your character. Did somebody get that? Your mind makes your character. The way you think. Come on. 
as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your mind makes your character. And if you have been born again, then that mind of Christ in you will make your character. It'll be the character of Christ. Amen. 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 Let the mind, Paul said, of Christ, this mind that was in Christ be in you. Let that mind of Christ be in you. It molds the character of a son of God. And his character was that he did everything to please God. Hello. He stayed with the word. He did everything that pleased God. That's what he wanted us for. We stay with God's word. We find our place. And then we know where we're at. We stay with his word. And to think of it, we're invited to shape our own character to his. Amen. Now we're going to find out what we've done. We shape our character to his own, by his own spirit. Then we are the sons of God. Just what I've expressed by having his mind in us to shape our character to his, his mind. Let the mind that was in Christ be in you. If that mind is in you, then see, then he only did that which pleased God. He knew who he was. And that's the thing. Do you know who you are? If you know you're a son of God, amen, then you do that which pleases God. You extend that word even above your necessary food. Amen. It's the most important thing to you in your life. What the word said, you're going to do it. Amen. Now, the word molds God's character to us. And anything that tries to mix with that character breaks the mold. You can't mix creed with the word. You can't mix the world with the word. You can't serve God in mammon. That's the world. Amen. You can't be one or the other. If you love the world or the things of the world, the love of God's not even in you. You see, you can't mix it. You can't mix oil and water. It won't mix. You can turn it up and down, do anything you want. It won't mix. And your character will not mix with the world if you've been molded in the form of God by letting the mind that was in Christ be in you. Amen. That's the control tower. So now you're not controlled by the world. You're controlled by what's in the heart. And it controls your attitude. And you have the same attitude towards sin as Jesus had. Hallelujah. Amen. Then that attitude then lives out in your life. It shows itself to the world that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it changes your character. It makes you a new person in Christ. Amen. Now, he has delivered you out of the authority of darkness. Let me just bring it down. Sin now has no more dominion over you. Amen. Amen. He has recreated your spirit. And now he's ready to renew your mind so you can understand your privileges and rights in Christ. It belongs to you. You have a right to it. Hallelujah. So now you take the word over your feelings, over your thoughts, over your reasoning, over what science says, over what the PhD, the LLD, or whoever they are, the doctors say, it doesn't really matter. You take God's word, and it has preeminence in your life. It means more than any other thing. And you just say, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Amen. 
want some musicians to come. We're going to take this another step forward in our next service. I've established it now. You have the mind of Christ. You have the Holy Ghost in you. And the Holy Ghost brings your flesh in obedience to the Word of God. Amen. Now then, I'll tell you, if you see your life is separate from the Word and you're not doing what the Word says, then you know He doesn't have preeminence. And I want you just to begin to look at it and say, Lord, change me to fit that image. Don't let me remain the same. Amen. We just bow your heads for a moment. Take this whole world. Just give me Jesus. I just want to be normal, Brother Tim. I just want to fit in. I want to be identified with that out there. You can't be identified with that and be a Christian. You must take the Word of God. Let it change your life. Receive his character. Receive his life. Receive his mind. I want you to look at yourself today and just examine yourself. Does your thinking match his thinking? Are you ready to forfeit your own thoughts and receive him? Are you looking at things a little differently this morning? Did you realize you can't be the same old person that you was? You must be changed in his presence. I'm just ready, Lord, to make a full surrender of my life. You can just have the whole world just give me Jesus. So I don't will ever turn back. Leave sin and unbelief behind me. And I'm changed in your presence. I want my attitude to reflect your attitude. I want you to become the essential thing in my life. I want you to have preeminence within me. Maybe there'll be somebody the Lord just kind of pricks your heart today and you say, I'm really not in step with him, but I want that in my life. I want to be changed in his presence. I want to be molded into his character. I want his word to have preeminence. I want to make a full surrender of everything that I am. I realize that's my problem. I've never really fully surrendered my own will, but I want to, Lord. I want to. You got it here. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Won't you draw nigh to him this morning? Won't you just reach out to him right now? Maybe you just begin right there wherever you are and 
just a hand lifted toward him and say, Lord, I, I just want your will in my life. I want a full surrendered life. I want to say, I want him want to be able to say that he has preeminence in me. That I esteem his word above everything. That I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I really want to be changed in his presence. Surrendered life. God sees you. God sees you. Take that which the Lord is dealing with you now. Just take it to him right now. Just take it to him. Say, Lord, while I'm here in your presence, I want to be changed. And I'm willing to be changed. I realize what the path of sin will take me. I realize what Brother Tim has said today. You used to love the world. You gave your only begotten son. You didn't come to condemn the world, but through you, you might have life and life abundantly. And he's asking you today to surrender that. To surrender yourself. Just yield yourself to him. Let him change you. To your attitude's like his. Your spirit is like his. To where you're surrendered. Have a surrendered life. And you can say, I've come to do the will, your will, oh God. I've come to surrender my thinking, my ways to a higher way I'm just looking right now and I'm saying Lord I realize now my way isn't so high but your word is so high and I'm humbling myself to that word right now I'm coming to do the will of him that sent me and finish his work Father those in the bride will do only his will Nothing can persuade them to do otherwise. I'm praying in the name of Jesus today you'll speak to hearts and lives. Lord, as they reached out to you, Father, may you speak to them. Or today, maybe some just need to make a surrender completely, totally. And say, Lord, I want to do your will, of oh God. Mold me and make me, change me. Don't let me walk out of here the same person. But may I be in your image and your likeness. Surrender. So that the more that I surrender, the more you take control. I pray in Jesus' name. Heal your people, Lord. As we'll go into this next phase and we just see, Lord, that your word must be higher than all. And that we have the mind of Christ to do your will we'll do it there's a people that are walking thus saith the Lord they're going to believe you Lord they're going to walk in faith they're going to see the power of God but Lord it must be done through cleansed vessels a surrendered life Father so many are reaching out for power and don't realize the power begins with the simple things of life bringing their self-surrendered to the Word of God in obedience to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Do it, Lord. Do that work in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. As we sing this, you don't have to social distance yourself from God. If you need prayer, we'll pray with you.
whatever your need is today, just reach out to God. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life. Maybe you need to make a real surrender. Maybe you need to just make a real commitment to God and say, Lord, I'm, I want that in my life. Things ain't been right. And I want to be right. I want your Holy Spirit to move for me. In Jesus' name, just take this whole world. But give me Jesus.
be his all the way. Want to be fully surrendered. Amen. I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Want him to do a work in me. Amen. What about you husbands that can say, Lord, start in me. Start in me that I can be a real leader in my home. I can be a real man. I can really be sold out and consecrated and dedicated to you. Amen. Or my family would want to follow you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your promises. Amen. Pray with this young man right now. I want you to pray with me, church. The Bible said we hunger and we thirst for righteousness. We shall be filled. Lord, you brought this young man all the way here to be of service today. You dealt with his heart and you spoke to him. Lord, he's come to draw nigh to you, Lord. He wants you in his life. He wants that dedicated, consecrated, sold-out walk. He knows, Lord, it's for him. He wants his identity to be with you, Lord. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you break every chain off this life. Every bit of unbelief, every bit of darkness, every bit of the evil one. No one want to hold him in the name of Jesus. We're agreeing together. We're believing in the name of the Lord. We're asking, oh God, that you're filling with the Holy Spirit. You, he desires you. He desires a living God. He wants something, Lord, that would so fill him that he has the mind of Christ with him. He looks at the word like you look at it. He exalts that word above everything. And he loves you with all his heart. Fill him, oh God, today with your Holy Spirit. That I lay my hands upon him. May the Holy Spirit just come upon him and throw his power from his high where he can walk a different walk and talk a different talk and live a different life. Surrender to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Call upon him. Call upon him right now in the name of Jesus. We'll call upon him. He'll come. Amen. He made a promise. The promise is to you, to your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And Lord, you called this one, and the promise is to him. Lord, as he surrenders his life, oh God, fill him with your presence, Lord. Oh, God, give him, oh, God, that which he has asked for. His soul longs after the living God. Oh, Jesus, to dwell in your presence. That would be the fullness of joy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word, Lord. 